Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jeff Newbarth. Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast. Jeff Newbarth here in Del Mar. Pleased to be joined from Jupiter, Florida, by one of my favorite players on our Callaway staff. And look, it's like kids, you can't pick your favorite. But Alex Noren, what's going on? Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's nice to be on. Nice to see your home. <laughs> I know, you. right? I, I cleaned everything. I got the zebra there. Yeah. I got got a, the, the Tiger Phil poster from uh, the first match. Um, we are excited to have people uh, watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitter. Uh, put your questions in, or if you know me, just text me the questions, and we will ask Alex. We'll spend about the next 30 minutes with him, uh, and we will ask him all these questions. I already have a huge list of questions for you, Alex, so let me just yeah. start off with it, because I love this question. This is from Jordan. If you could play any other pro sport, what would it be? And if it was a team sport, which team would you play for? Well, the, I like to, I like a goofy sport, which is ping pong, you know, table tennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, and I have been playing a, a game with the two of the best players in the world. You know, in Sweden, we have a lot of good players. So Sweden and China were big back in the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. So I played a game there, and that was maybe the best, like, sporting moment of my life, you know. Really? I had a couple of beer. Yeah, I had a couple of beers, so I didn't really care, you know, that that extra that you kind of, that would have, you know, made it worse for me. So that was a good moment. But I would have loved to play soccer. Uh, I did it as a kid, and... Uh, I love the sport and, you know, it's such a great team sport. And I mean, being from Sweden, we don't have basketball as big as it is here or American football, but I love, I love all sports, but probably soccer would have been my pick. See, I would have thought you would have said tennis so you could be a doubles partner with Roger Federer. I know, but uh, I tried tennis, but it's so difficult for the backhand and uh, serve and the the guys were like you know i wasn't very good at tennis i was better at football i think yeah but if you but if you played with roger you wouldn't really have to hit a backhand you just say to him you're, you're the know. greatest of all time you hit every backhand i'm not hitting a backhand i'll I know, hit a couple forehands and you do all the work i know you just stand there admiring him but you know yeah. so yeah doubles doubles with him would be bad because eventually you'd get hit because you'd be sitting there just staring at everything he does, yeah, not paying just... <laughs> any attention, and finally they would they would club it to you. Uh, so let me ask you. Let me ask you before we get into these other questions. What have you been up to during this uh, during the, this quarantine? I know that uh, I saw you on the West Coast uh, out in LA, but what have what have you been yeah. kind of on? And, and are you getting ready, kind of as we're getting closer to to Colonial and, and the potential return? Yeah. So uh, it, it's been like a blessing in disguise a little bit. I. I have two small kids and I think a lot of people can relate uh, to what I'm about to say. Like I have not gotten this much time to hang out with my kids ever. And it's been very good for, for me, for them and also for my wife to get a little, you know, a hand at home, uh, you know, putting kids to bed, waking up and they're quite young, both of them like one and four. So uh, she's loved it and kids have loved it. So, um, that's been amazing. And then uh, we moved into this house in January. So, I mean, we've had time to kind of got the garden together, you know, just kind of, you know, making the house uh, livable. And uh, and I've also been playing some golf. One course that I'm a member at has been uh, open, 
you know, it's been a lot of home time, but uh, I've, I've been able to play some golf as well. Here's my favorite question. Thankfully, I don't have to ask it. Thank you, Michael Nesbitt, who's yeah. watching on YouTube. Can you please explain your unique pre-shot practice swing? So I was telling Alex right before we started, my highlight of the season so far for me was going to Riviera. Uh, the whole team was there. We were shooting this some content. This is so weird. Yeah, you, you hit a drive a little to the right, but still in the fairway on 13, and there was a tree between us, and you started doing that practice routine, and I immediately walked behind the tree so you couldn't see me, and I tried to do it, but I can't get there. So explain uh, what you're trying to do and feel, and then I think you said you have a new move for me, and I'm pretty excited here. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, to to explain it kind of in detail, I, I think we all grow up and we do we do our certain things in the golf swing, and because we play so much, we you know we hit so many balls a certain way, we need to to change that. We need to uh, kind of do the the maximum extreme on the other side of the spectrum. So um, that's been my thought just to, just to be able to kind of um, get rid of my old stuff. I need to be extreme on the other hand. So, uh, so I've been doing this thing like to try to stack up my body. So my, my upper body doesn't get well. Right, way behind. We'll do it with you. Okay. Yeah. So, I've always gotten this way and then I've been flipping it as a kid. And when I got to college, my coach said, you, you can't play golf, you know, when you don't know where the ball's going, you go and right, left, you know, I, I lost wrong. balls every, yeah, so I lost balls everywhere. So, <laughs> uh, so he, he got me this stick. He put a stick right in my kind of, uh, the line towards the pin I was hitting at. And he's like, you, you got to aim at the stick, hit it left of the stick, and it brings it back to the pin. And then I started doing that. And then, you know, in the end, like as the years went on, I was like, I like this fade thing. And uh, the more my upper body is kind of on top of the lower body, I know I can hit this low pressure fade and I can get around a golf course. And, uh, and, from kind of hitting these kind of long high draws to being able to not have a bunch of provisionals every round looking for balls. I, I like the idea because I was pretty good at chipping and putting. So I was like, if I can just get it around and then when it's a little bit more open hole, I can have a go at it with a draw or a straight shot and a higher shot. So that kind of stuck to me. And, um, and uh, so it's been, uh, it's been kind of a go-to feel to get a low, kind of burning left to right shot and uh and then obviously the, the the drill changes from time to time and your coach and i my coach and i uh you know talked about it maybe we need to do this and this and he's not always agreeing on what i'm doing but <laughs> you know he pushes me in the right direction so well I, I i have to go back to the first question you said your greatest moment in sport was ping pong wow that's uh, what was such a unbelievable feeling because i had a yeah, year but you hold out. you hold the winning putt at a Ryder cup you made the putt know, that won the that was, Ryder cup and you're saying ping moment. pong is better well that was a you know that's up there that that was a good moment and i would think um yeah that was unbelievable but i had a year out because i had a wrist injury and yeah. the only thing i can do is stand kind of still play ping pong with my right hand and after a while i got quite good at it because i took lessons uh, three four times every week 
And in the end, I was able to kind of stand in on a ping pong game. It's not like tennis, because if you play against a world best ping pong, you can just put your racket at one place and he'll hit it. And right. you could have like a clinic. And it looks like I can also play ping pong, which I, I mean, I'm a, you know, like a maybe a five handicapper. But, um, you know, so, so finally I got to be in a game with them, uh, just nobody watching. But we kind of had, I kind of got it back some. You know, I could, I could play a little bit with them, you know. All right. Not well, I right. would. They would beat me, you know, eleven to one every time, but uh, or eleven to zero. You got one. This time, I can't. Yeah. All right. Well, I still think that like like that the Ryder Cup moment was pretty good. I I would if if I had hold a yeah. winning putt in a Ryder Cup, it probably would be the best moment of my sporting career. All right. Dave Swanson wants yeah. to know how do you stay fit and ready? You know, we don't know exactly when we're coming back. We think it's uh, early June. You know, still a month away. So what are you doing to stay fit? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, a few years ago, I hired a physio coach because I was injured a lot and I was done with injuries. And I said, I got to take care of my body a little better. Uh, so I got a guy that uh, that's with me all the time. And now he lives here in Jupiter, a Swedish guy. And uh, it's um, the best kind of investment I've done uh, for golf because uh, I haven't been injured since. And I've been able to play and practice as much as I want and we're obviously trying to stay, uh, you know, healthy and not injured, but we're also trying to, you know, improve the physique. And at the moment, you know, no gyms are open. So um, I got some stuff in my garage and we're out in the lawn kind of pushing, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a, a sled. Um, I know the Swedish word. Yeah, you can <laughs> just give me the Swedish word. That's okay. Sled. Sled. Oh, yeah. You load a bunch of weights on this. Uh, yeah, wheelbarrow. You know, a wheelbarrow. Like, and then yeah. you, well, you See, push Swedish. it along. You, you can do, yeah, you can do a lot of things yeah. with that. So <laughs> I'm doing that. And then, you know, all the stuff you can do with body weights and stuff. So, All right. Uh, question about Henrik. What oh, is, no. or tell me your greatest Henrik story. And please, he's in Sweden right now, so you can embarrass him. He's not watching. I know. And um, yeah, so Henrik, uh, He's got a few bad ones. We were at a at a sponsor gig, like uh, at a sponsor dinner. That this must be like eight years ago, um, but there were maybe like two hundred people in there. And the announcer, he was like, "Well, we want to kind of thank uh, for the food and this and that." And then we take some couple of guys up on stage. And it was me and Henrik, and they asked us a bunch of questions. And then they finished off like, "Hey, so uh, you gotta you gotta." Uh, why don't you tell a few stories, Henrik? And and I was like, oh my god! So he started telling these, like you know, it's always about something, you know, that you can't really say in a room. And yeah. then in the end, he finished with this story about like a disability a kid can have or anybody adult can have, and and it got so quiet. So we think like one of the bosses had a kid with this sort of disability because it got so quiet and I'm not going to tell the story, but it was like, we were just sitting there like that. That went well. That went well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, but he's a good Henry. guy. He's a, he's a great guy. We have a, uh, a big announcement uh, regarding some content with Henrik coming in about two weeks. Yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be newsworthy and we're excited to, okay. uh, to, to have something new for all of our fans. Uh, Chris wants to know, 
What's your, you're a world tour player, so we'll do one for each tour, PGA and European tour. What's your favorite stop on the tour? And it doesn't have to be about the golf course, it could be the restaurants or the city. So let's start with the PGA tour. Uh, PGA tour. I mean, where I, where you saw me, you know, having those all that time for yeah. drilling. Uh, I I love that course, you know, Riviera. Um, it's one of the best courses in the world, and uh, the area, you know, we stay in Santa Monica. Great restaurants, great, you know, things to look at, things to enjoy. So um, I gotta say that one. And Larry David lives on the golf course, so you're always walking by his house. Maybe you will see him. So have you ever you gotten know, a chance to meet Larry David? No. So my former agent tried to set us up for a game and they never kind of like he was not very you know he wasn't you know afraid of having a game or like he was he yeah. was fine with it and then but it didn't fit the schedules i think and uh, it might it would have fit my schedule but i think his is a little bit tougher i mean i think you just got to make yourself available if he's if, if he's ready to do it uh what about on I the know, european the, tour yeah we, we, we gotta work tour, on that i know uh you gotta sponsor him. You gotta give him some clubs. All right, I'm in. All right, Larry David, if you're yeah. watching right now, we'll send you some clubs. Only if you play golf with Alex. Uh, what about yeah. uh, uh, what about European tour? Yeah, European tour. Uh, I love the the links courses. Uh, we play. I like Donny Links. It's a great tournament. Great people. Uh, I get to uh, you know play with my amateur partner that I played with for maybe ten years. Uh, going back to the Challenge Tour days, we played a, a tournament together. Um, that one, uh, you know, the British Open, like on links, um, play a, there's so many good ones, like French, where we played a Ryder Cup, that's a great course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you have to say that. Yeah, it, it, but it is a wonderful course. Um, now, where, 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 where is yeah. your, we, we had Thomas Bjorn and uh, Francesco Molinari on, a couple weeks ago, and yeah. they 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 brought hardware. They had the Ryder Cup right in view of where they were sitting. Where where's your Ryder? Yeah, Cup? I don't know. Like that's the only thing I will never do. I don't know what it is, but like <laughs> I've never seen. I think it's a Swedish thing. Like I've never seen. I never came home to anybody who has anything of achievements in their house. So I think I've never seen a diploma. I've never seen like. If if kids graduate from college, they just like throw that diploma as soon as they can in a drawer and never show really? it until they're at a huh. yeah. So it's like a. I think as a Swede, we're like we're a country where nobody can say they're good, which is a bad thing, you know. In America, you, you know you you like kind of acknowledge acknowledge success and uh, you're happy for people that do well. But in Sweden, it's like, you know. You you know you don't uh, don't be too you know happy about your achievements because it it will bite you in the butt if you're yeah. too you know you gotta be humble and this and that so um, I don't know it's a Swedish thing. All right, well I like it. Uh, we're all learning some new things. Yeah. We're here with Alex Norin on yeah. the Callaway Golf Podcast. Um, if you haven't checked out the fitting room, Nate and Dave dropped a new one yesterday. You want to check that one out. And of course, girls and golf every Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, this is from Peter William. Who wins head-to-head -head match played at Kranz in Switzerland, you or Henrik? Why has every question got to be about Henrik? Because you guys are both Swedish? Yeah. What do you mean, like a, a golf game? Yeah, I would assume if you guys would play match play at Kranz, which is where they play the, the, the tournament, was it the Omega 
uh, that they play yeah. right there. Beautiful right in the Alps there. Who, who wins if you guys play head dead? Well, of course well, you're going to be. You know, I'm going to be known Swedish here and say I got a good record with a couple of wins yeah. there, but I don't know if he's, has he won there? I don't think he's, he's won there, but. No, but he's won a lot of other places. So He has, um, he has. I mean, I think, you know, it's up to the daily form. Uh, yeah. And and the good know. news is I just learned with both of you being Swedish, even if you won, no one would acknowledge the fact that you won anyway. So it would probably finish in yeah, a Yeah, you, you can't say you win, you know. You no. just got to stay quiet about it. So I like it. I like it. All right. Yeah. Um, can you can you give me a little uh, favorite club in the bag? What's your favorite yeah, I gotta club say, in the bag? Yeah, I got to say the 60 degree or the 58 degree. I play a 60, bent to 58. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's probably the club you can have most fun with. Uh, I built a little mini chipping green, putting green in the backyard. And, uh, you know, all I can do is kind of putt and use the 60. And uh, I, I love it. I was at the club today. We had some chipping contest. And, you know, it, it's so much fun what you can do with the 60. So uh, it's got to be it. And can you tell people why you bend it to 58 degrees as opposed to just getting a 58 degree wedge? It has something to do with the bounce, right? Uh, well, in my case, it, it's more to do with the loft because uh, I have an easier time hitting it. Well, in the past, at least now I'm better at hitting it lower. But uh, in the past, I always hit too much spin, um, hit it a little bit too high. So this, I didn't really need the 60. Uh, and I also was better at chipping it, you know, lobbing the shot than I was kind of rolling it. So, um, So I didn't really need the. I needed a 58 instead of a 60 for that reason. Um, the bounce, I, I, I'm not a big uh, kind of equipment geek, but I, I understand that the bounce has a big role on it. But I play a lot of bounce uh, anyway and, uh, you know, kind of go to a lower loft. Yeah, the easiest thing to do when you need to know what your wedge setup should be, just ask Roger Cleveland. I know. You, you you know you just gotta ask the Cali guys, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, we got a couple more questions yeah. here. Jen wants to know, uh, Alex, which person on the tour is the most fun to play with, and why exactly that person? So, who's your favorite uh, uh, person to be paired with? Well, on on the PJ tour or European tour, you can any answer person. it any way you want. Well, the worst player for me is Li Hao Tong. Not because he's a bad player. <laughs> he plays, the thing is, he plays so good when he plays with me. We played six rounds, no, five rounds, and he was 26 on the par or something, 28 on the par. So he said, every time he comes to me, he says, ah, oh, lucky charm, lucky charm, Alex, lucky charm. And then, I mean, I, I and I always shoot around par and never get anything going, and he shoots million, you know, few under, like a lot under every time. So amazing. But uh, I, yeah, I like playing with people that you know I can kind of relate to, and I get inspired of how they hit it and so on. And I love, for example, how Russell Knox hits it. His especially his wedges, his irons. I I love the move he has. Um, you know, I like playing with Henrik. Um, uh, there's a lot of guys I like playing with, but uh, uh, I played so much with Lee Westwood there for a few years, uh, and with Miguel 
Jimenez when he played a lot mm-hmm. of the European tour. I loved playing with him because he was such a gentleman on the course. Yeah. Plus, you can get a good cigar. Never lost. Yeah, I know. And it's just a good, like, good people that you, like, feel good around, you know? All right. I like that. Uh, this is from Stevo 52 and the only correct answer here is yes. Do you think more tournaments should be played on the West Coast during the summer weather-wise? I mean, there's only one answer. It's yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. But I think yeah. West Coast golf courses are brilliant. So, you know, I'm, I'm, up, for, I'm up for that. Well, I mean, um, you know, you, you mentioned Riviera, but I mean, think about that, that yeah. stretch. I mean, you know, between, between yeah. you know, in L.A. alone, we're going to see LACC. We saw it for the Walker Cup a years ago. But when, when, yeah. when that's a U.S. Open there, that's going to be phenomenal. You know, we have Tory, which is hosting the U.S. Open next year, which is about a mile that direction. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. going to be spectacular. Look, you know, no one wants to wait out a thunderstorm delay when you're watching at home. I'm assuming you guys don't either. Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously I'm not in charge of the the scheduling, but I mean, I think a lot of things can change, uh, you know, during these weird times that we're on in right now. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm up for any, you know, whatever you put it on a good golf course and good weather yeah. and, and against good players, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. All right. Uh, this one's from Jason. How often do you and your caddy disagree about club selection? Uh, so I have a, I have, I have a new caddy, but let's say the, the guy that I had for most years, I had a guy for four years. I mean, we disagreed some and, um, I've always been sort of a player who wants to go to a nine iron instead of an eight iron. So, mm-hmm. I mean, either I'm spot on or I pick or I, like if it's, you know, it could be a perfect number for an eight, then I'll pick the eight. But if I'm a little in between, I'll always go for the kind of shorter club. And uh, that didn't always go too well with my caddy, <laughs> which is very understandable because I came up short a lot. You know, that's my problem. But, also, like when playing, I was in college in America, when playing these tough cor- courses, a lot of courses are, you know, the greens are front to back. So it's it's always, most times better missing a few yards short. But yeah, exactly. in my case, you know, that's my, that's my, you know, like an error I use, I have too often to leave in it, you know, eight, 10 yards short, you know, or even more when you go for longer clubs, yeah. What was it like, the adjustment, growing up and then, because uh, you probably didn't have Stillwater, uh, Oklahoma on the map at an early age in your life as to where you were going to end up for college. What was what was it like being there and what was the transition for you like? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a big transition mental-wise because in Sweden, we don't have that. We have a lot of juniors, but we don't have that many, like, top players. Uh, mm-hmm. So the national team had to take care of the players that they have. They can't kind of uh, let everybody do their thing and compete and then pick out whoever is going to play for the national team. There was always a coach kind of guiding us and, okay, let's let's put the uh, emphasis on these 10 guys. And then, then you had kind of like a year or two years being on that team. Even if you played a few bad months, you were still on the team. Uh, in college, that taught me that um, – you know, whatever your score is, it doesn't matter if you have potential or that the coach likes you or anything. The score is what matters. And that is, I mean, that is college golf. That is the pro golf. And um, I think it's, 
it was good for me to see that that you can't just lean on if you're if you have potential or if the coach believes in you and stuff like that it just shoot a good score and everything is fine you know yeah numbers don't lie uh jens wants to know what is the most if we went through your golf bag right now what's the most unusual thing we would find uh well the whole not just the clubs yeah i would Uh, assume the clubs wouldn't be that unusual i'm assuming we we could find some some better stuff in there uh have a lot of tape you know I have maybe yeah. like six, eight rolls of tape on my hands. My hands are not pretty. Yeah, can, can you show uh, people? Can you show people the calluses? Because your your calluses are the yeah, most they, insane. Yeah, I mean on the now, planet. like I I try to wash them, but these yeah. are like, these are actually like they are clean. I promise, but <laughs> they like the dirt goes in and then they like, you know, have stuck in there. So, yeah. and uh, so the left hand is a little prettier because it's yeah. uh, you see. Because it's, um, um, I have a glove. You have the glove. The yeah. Have you considered the double glove or not? Well, I've always used the double glove. And then I was practicing a lot. And, my, and I, I said to my friend, like, I, my hands hurt so much. And he's like, well, you're double gloving. How can it hurt? And I say, well, I mean, like, look, they wear it. He's like, you're not double gloving. You are, like, single gloving on both <laughs> hands. <laughs> but like the real practicers, they double glove on each hand. So he has oh, four wow. gloves on. Really? So I say, oh my God. Like, yeah. So this guy, he, he hits a lot of balls, you know. So, I would think. So I saw, yeah. So I saw using two gloves uh, on both hands and it, you know, they, it was a lot better. Huh. But now I mean, in Florida where it's so humid, I wear one and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I should probably you know, get some treatment on them, but, uh, you know, it's so humid in Sweden. It's horrible when it's like dry and cracking. Yeah. Crazy. I would think, I would think that Florida would be good for your hands. Right. A couple more questions here yeah. with Alex Norn. Uh, somebody, uh, named Marcus met Nicholas Foth today. Uh, do you have any good oh. stories uh, about Nicholas? Yeah. Well, I have a good story about Nicholas son. Okay. You know, if you want to hear it. So Nicholas yeah, sure. is, Nicholas is a smart guy. So he's a funny, smart guy, probably funnier than he, that, than what he thinks he is himself. So, but he's very, very smart and he's got a smart kid. So we're sitting in Kron where it's like 2000 meters above sea level, which is like, what's that? 6,000 feet, something. Uh, so we're playing there and I'm sitting at a uh, breakfast table and the breakfast table next to us is Nicholas family with his six year old son. And I'm about to go out and play. And Nicholas' son goes like, Dad, why does the ball go so far here? You're talking about the, that it goes so far and it's hard to uh, predict how far it's going to go. And, uh, and Nicholas says like, well, the air is a little thinner. It's like less oxygen in the air. So it goes further. It's not as much like resistance. He's like, so the son goes six years old. He goes, so the ball doesn't actually go as far downwind here than it does at home in comparison to no wind. And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> like, we've been, I've been here six years, and yeah. I haven't actually thought of that. So it's Sign like, that kid up I'm for like, a science degree. And I'm like, that's smart. So, I mean, yeah. from then on, I was like, this kid's good. So Yeah, how old is he now? Uh, eh, it must be like 14, 15. 
All right. Well, so, we should we should catch up with him and we should figure out like what he's doing. He's probably going to win. Well, you know Nicholas, something like that. Yeah, yeah you I know do. Nicholas. We'll have to yeah. ask him. We'll have to ask him. Yeah. Crazy stuff. You know, that's one of the things uh, that that I love about uh, particularly the European tour, but it just the 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 amount of time that you guys are sort of forced to kind of interact because, you know, you're, you're traveling all over the world. I think one of the interesting things that we're going to see on the U S tour when we come back is if you read some of the plans, uh, our buddy Rex Hoggard had a pretty good article on GolfChannel.com. It said, you know, there's going to be a hotel where all the players will have to stay. That's going to be a little more European tour like, right. Cause you guys are well, yeah, like, uh, that's normal for us. We go to yeah. Shanghai or Beijing or, you know, somewhere in, in Dubai. Africa, we, yeah. we stay at the same hotel. And uh, there was always seven o'clock. There was always dinner for the Swedes. You know, we always met up at seven. If somebody didn't show, it's like you send a text, where are you? So it's, yeah. uh, and uh, we didn't like, you know, not include anybody. It was always seven o'clock. And then uh, uh, now we were a lot more players in the past from Sweden, for example, on the tour. Now it's not as many, unfortunately, but mm -hmm. I hope we, we get back, you know, to being, we were 21 guys when I got on tour, uh, on the European tour, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. A couple more questions for you, Alex, and then we'll let you get going. Cause no, uh, there's no hurry. You know, there's no, no hurry, kids hurry. around, so I'm, I'm, I'm good. I know. I keep waiting for the kids to, to show up. I, I saw, know. Saw earlier, like, you, they're out. My wife's like, "Hey, you need. They need. You need some quiet time. I'll take the kids." And then she does something. So, you're and like, then she you're is like, Go riding. hours. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But <laughs> all right. Um, tell me about your favorite shot, shape off the tee. Kind of how it kind of came to to be. Because you did describe that earlier in your career. You had the two way thing going. How did you define to pick one direction versus the other, and how did you get it there? Well. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've, I've since like the last 10, 12 years, I've, I've been hitting a fade more often than a draw. Um, but, uh, but a lot of times, I mean, uh, the, the way you hit a shot is more important than if it's a fade or a draw. Let's say Rory McIlroy hits a more, maybe more often a draw, but he hits it with the perfect mechanics to hit a draw. If I had those mechanics, uh, which I'm, I'm working on a lot of mechanics to be able to hit the different shots. Um, so it's not just like, oh, I picked the fade and I will always play the fade. Uh, you know, I look at the mechanics of that day and kind of feel, okay, I need to still hit the fade or I need to hit the low fade or I can kind of hit the draw today because I'm, I've been working so hard on getting the fundamentals of the shot better. So uh, I would love to be able to hit a lot more draws, um, you know, and I'm working on it hard. And um, so it, I just, it's all about hitting the shots the correct way to, to trust them. Yeah. So when you go out and practice, do you consciously say I'm going to spend a certain amount of my period of practice trying to work on the new draw shot, or do you need to make sure you dial in the fade because that's your go-to under competition? Yeah, so I mean, I'm uh, I, I, I'm trying to at the same time I'm working on different shots for a draw, for example. I'm I'm trying to make the fade better. So uh, I think uh, I'm I'm not. I know when I'm under the gun, if I'm on the 18th hole of the Ryder Cup, for example, I need to hit the fairway 
uh, I might not trust the draw even how much I work on it. So my fade mm-hmm. needs to be good. Um, but uh, I work a lot on the golf course here. There's not that many people on the golf courses, which uh, you know, uh, which is great for me. Like I've been maybe last four or five years, I've tried to practice a lot on the golf course. So I find I find a hole where I maybe don't like the look of the hole. It bends a certain way or the wind comes off a certain way. And then I just stand on that tee box and maybe hit 10 drives. And then I go uh, for the second shot. And maybe it's a very easy second shot. And then I maybe skip that hole and maybe go and pot and chip around that green. Then I go to the next hole where I find. So I, I just trying to get, become a better player on the, on the course uh, than maybe only standing on the driving range. So, so how long are your practice sessions typically? No, I mean, I, I, I go out, I mean, maybe like eight, nine, two, three, four, and then I work out. But now I got this, I got my, my youngest kid is only like 15, 16 months, but he loves yeah. golf for some reason, probably because of me. Uh, so I built yeah. this little green and then chipping area and stuff, fake grass. And then I can, I can be here and I can pot and he stands there putting or like trying to hit the ball. So I try to spend as much time as I can. Um, but I mean, before, before I kids, I, I, I mean, I played from eight to eight every day. I loved it. I can't, I couldn't do anything else. So, yeah. Um, well, but now I have to kind of be a little smarter about it. Yeah. All right. Last topic I want to get into, and then we'll let you go, is uh, oh. auto racing. Uh, we've covered Federer. Oh. We've covered Oklahoma State. Auto racing. Uh, I saw the big news today that uh, uh, Ferrari let go Vettel uh, after this year. They're not going to renew him back. Or is Formula One kind of the racing you're into, or what? What, what is your yeah, racing I- passion? Uh, well, I like cars in general. I'm not like any good of a driver or anything, but I mean, I, I got a nice car at home, which I was very happy to be able to uh, to buy. I've always wanted to buy a nice car, and uh, I drive that as much as I can. Uh, now I'm not in Sweden as much, obviously, being over here. But uh, uh, I mean, when I lived in Monaco, it was more. We went to some races in uh, in Milan, Monaco. Uh, just trying to see them in Abu Dhabi and stuff. Uh, and now I'm not in, you know, I, it's not covered as much on TV over here. So, and then the mm-hmm. time difference and stuff. But I've always loved cars. Uh, you know, the Finnish guy, Mikko Illman, I spent a lot of time with him on, on the European tour. He knew a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. He went to the military service with like uh, Kimi Raikkonen and Heiki uh, Kovalainen. So he, he kind of got me into to the Formula One, keep looking at it, watching it. So, so if you if you had a dream car, there, there's one yeah. car out there that that you'd want to steal, maybe from like Poulter's garage or something. What what what's the car that that if you had one price no but, object you would get? Yeah, well, I mean, you could you should probably pick like a collectible Ferrari or something like that. But uh, there's a there's a company that is very close to where you. Well, I think it's in outside Los Angeles. It's called Singer Vehicle. Have you oh heard yeah, of them? yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, so like that is my dream car. You know, uh, just uh, either buy one of their already made ones or kind of bring in your own one and they, they refurnish it. Cause I'm very interested in like, um, 
I don't know, it's it's a weird weird hobby of mine, but like I like interior design art and stuff. I've always like like art for some reason. I never read, I just looked at pictures and mm-hmm. magazines and stuff. So so I like that how they design the cars and how they kind of redesign everything inside the Porsche and it's it's beautiful. Yeah, I just think it's so cool that when um people are passionate about cars um that it's just something that that you can talk about all day uh all day long and stuff and then when you when when you you know like i'm i'm super into it not obviously at the level you are but like even when i go rent a car like i'm always going down that aisle and i'm like oh, wait that would be fun to drive or that would be kind of interesting yeah like it, it's kind of you know it's just kind of fun. it's something to take your mind off of yeah but what's your what's your favorite then uh, you know, I, I, I kind of rotate back and forth. I would love to have either like a, like a classic Porsche, uh, stick shift yeah. because right here in Del Mar, you have all the little bit of Hills and stuff, uh, that would be like super fun to drive. But, um, like you said, the, the, the Ferrari, something about a Ferrari would just be, I've never been in one, uh, to drive or, or ride as a passenger. And, and one day that'll there, there's gotta be one of those Ferrari experiences you got to sign up for and do maybe when Larry David, maybe you and Larry David play golf and I can, I can borrow his Ferrari and we can drive. Yeah. But he only drives those electric ones, you know, in the I show. Know. But I, I mean, that, that I like that though. I mean, he, that he drives those, but um, yeah, but go and, and try to get a visit with that singer vehicle and then right. you will, you'll be Once. loved. Once we're allowed out of our houses, that will be on my list. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, what, for, what's uh, the situation for... over there? Are you not allowed? You know, yeah, we're we're still uh, we're California still under the stay-at-home order, um, and yeah. and more and more things are opening here, especially in San Diego. Uh, things are getting a little bit better, okay. which is nice. So we hope yeah. everybody stays safe. Most importantly, Alex, thanks so much for spending yeah. time with us. We have some great podcasts up the rest of the week. Uh, we have Sebastian Kaplan joining us on Thursday and I'm going to make him play piano. How, what, what can you tell me about uh, Sebastian from, uh, have you gotten to play or any golf with him at no, all? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Um, no. In Denmark. So we're kind I of I can't covering... tell you much. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, my favorite thing is his right. nickname, Seabass, because I also enjoy eating right. Seabass. So. Yeah, but, but what did you say his last name was? Kaplan. Kaplan. Seabass, you know, yeah, there's another. Because Sebastian, yeah, so you just go Seabass. Yeah, but I, I thought you pronounced it wrong because there's also a Swedish guy, and I was like, also Sebastian, but then you then you go Söderberg, but he also says we all also call him Seabass. So I, oh, really? I was like getting oh, okay. confused here. Yeah. Well, but now we're gonna have I, to have I, the battle, the battle of the Seabass. Seabasses, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do but that. All right. Good. Next week, yeah. Next week we have Jamie Love Marco. I think it's a neighbor of yours down there, right? Jamie. Yeah, I know. I, I, I play I practiced with him today, yesterday. He's trying to get shallower. He'll probably tell you about it. Okay. Um, yeah. So Just fun give him one, some one tips time on we... how to get shallower. I I'm the I'm the steepest guy on the planet. Um and then JJ Spawn. <laughs> so we're gonna talk uh yeah. we're gonna talk Porsches with JJ Spawn and skateboarding with JJ Spawn. And I'm pretty sure I don't want to announce it. We have a surprise guest next week that we think everyone's gonna like oh. on the podcast. So Hilarious. Alex Norton, Hilarious. thanks so much. Where can people follow you online so they can follow uh your, your well, social media? Yeah, Alex Norton one on Instagram. Okay. That's it. Great. All right. Well let's Alex all go Norn follow one. Alex yeah. Norn one. And, and uh, uh, thanks so much. 
Of course. Thank you. And we, we look forward to doing this again. That's been the Callaway Golf yeah. Podcast. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, review. Alex, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And we will see you on Thursday with Sebastian Kaplan.